tonight and uh, we're continuing on the theme of end times and tonight we're looking at um, the rapture a little more deeply. So <clears throat> I preached last time I was here, I briefly touched on, on the theme of the rapture, but um, we looked at the judgment and how many people these days, that's a foreign concept where everyone's got to win a prize. But um, today, I think it's really, really important that we do remember that Jesus is coming back for the church. Because I think you know, the way in which we live will reflect whether we're expecting Jesus to return or not. But I also want us to have a sound doctrine. I love what Josh had to speak tonight uh, with that communion message. It was a great message, Josh. And uh, also want to take a moment to thank uh, Kimberly and, and Ethan for the great time of worship today. And <clears throat> I just want to encourage those from Tumby. Um, could, you, you know, could you have imagined even a year ago today what we're seeing here every Sunday afternoon with 30 or so people in this church with live music? That's, that's a great thing to see. And so we, we should give thanks to the Lord for that. Um, so, Kimberly, how long have you been, like... Doing music in church. Twenty years. You got double set of long service leave on your way. Yeah. There you go. That's but that's great. Years yeah. So uh, faithfulness and and serving in the house of God is what we want to see. And I just want to speak again before we get into the message that uh, our plan at One Heart Church has uh, just been. A clarified little bit to have a, a flow of from toddlers through to kids church through to youth uh, then uh, what we call it in between we call that one up between kids and youth is one up and then young adults and we want to be deliberate over the next five to ten years where we um, create better pathways in our church and be deliberate as leaders to develop and structure a church that prepares people for their future, for a future of ministry. That's what we're aiming for, so that we see kids who are in toddlers today. <clears throat> we don't want to provide a, um, like a babysitting club <clears throat> or a fun and games activities so that they don't bug their parents in church, but we want to be creating disciples that then will go on to a lifetime of ministry. A ministry isn't holding microphones and doing things here. It's serving God wherever they are. Where they say, oh, I can be a plumber and be committed to the purpose of God in my life. I could be a, uh, in the medical profession and be um, uh, focused on the, the purposes of God for my life. That's what we want to aim for. And uh, we want to be uh, deliberate to begin to capture generations of young people that will change the world. The reason why we see that is because we know Jesus is coming back. And we want to train our kids to teach others so that we can see people come to know Christ in a very powerful way. So <clears throat> that was just free today. But uh, just want to say as we enter into tonight's message, what I want, to, want you to remember is no one needs to be condemned on Judgment Day. I, I spoke about this last time. Everyone is given the gift of life through Jesus if they'll just take it. Uh, so often it's there, it's available, but people don't reach out and take it. But um, today I want you to understand the times we are living in 
and be ready for Jesus' return. So I want to speak on the rapture. I want to introduce that as a theme tonight. In this context, the word rapture, and so today's teaching is not rah-rah inspiration, but in the, concept, in the context, it means the transport of believers when Jesus returns. So there's various ways of transport we can use in life. There's, there's bikes, there's, there's skateboards, there's scooters, there's, there's trams and buses. But Jesus has planned a much greater transport that takes people from earth to heaven. And we've had a small foretaste of that with Jesus. He went on that transport uh, to heaven. We'll look at these things go. But also, um, Elijah was probably the first person that we see a record of him being taken up into heaven without dying. And uh, also, um, the priest... uh, No, um, Enoch. Also, that's who I was thinking of. Enoch. Was taken up. It says that he just he just basically disappeared. It said he was no more. But God had taken him up to heaven. So there are a few examples to say that hey, this is not just an unusual thing. But what we see in this day called the rapture moment is God will receive up to Himself every believer that uh, is alive, and also every believer that has died and has been buried or. Whatever, however way their bodies are disposed of, will be caught up with the Lord in the air. So, <clears throat> Matthew 24, verse 44. It says, this is what, what I think we just need to keep the context of when we talk about end times. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. So, <clears throat> let's look at Luke chapter 17, verses 26 to 35. Now, Jesus describes to the disciples what it will be like when he returns. He says, it would be like the time of Noah and Lot. Evil was rampant. The earth was destroyed by flood and the city of Sodom by fire. Now, evil in those times was judged, but the righteous were saved. So that's what we need to realise is God is able to save the righteous from judgment, but he will... Uh, he, he will uh, dispense judgment on those who have rejected him. Now, Jesus is the way of escape. He is the ark of safety when the days are evil. Um, I, I remember speaking to one of my supervisors at work and uh, you know, he was asking about heaven and hell and, and I was talking about the end times. He was quite sceptical. Uh, but he says, well, when I, he goes, if I die or when I die and I, I get to heaven, can't I just lie when I get in there? And I just tell him, yeah, I'm a believer. And, and I said, well, I think he knows the difference between how we've lived our lives and, and whether we've been a believer or not. <clears throat> so evil was judged in, in the days of Sodom and Noah. Evil was judged and righteous. The righteous were saved. So... Luke chapter 17, verse 30. Jesus describes everything will be business as usual right up to the day when Jesus is revealed, when he returns. Um, Let's look at verses 34 and 35. It says, two people will be sleeping in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be working at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. That's at Cummins Mill. It just didn't say that, but that's where they're talking about. Now, this event that Jesus is describing is known as the rapture. 
Jesus returns and takes the believers, the church, out of the world. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 17. It says, The dead in Christ will rise and meet us who are living in the air. After Jesus was raised from the dead, he was taken up into heaven with a promise from angels that he'll come back just like they saw him go. So it says the disciples were straining as Jesus disappeared up into the sky. And they said, hey, men of Jerusalem, what are you, you know, or men of Galilee, what are you doing staring into heaven for? Just as you've seen him go, he will return. And it was a promise from angels that Jesus is going to come back for his church and for his people. <clears throat> Acts chapter 1, verse 9 and 10 it says, as the disciples were straining their eyes, this is the, 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 the part of the Bible that says it. As the disciples were straining their eyes, watching as Jesus disappeared into the sky, then two angels appeared and told them, Jesus is gone, but he will return. So most people leave earth by dying. Jesus died, but that wasn't his exit. He died, he, he left earth alive. Uh, his exit strategy for us is that we won't all die. Jesus left earth alive and returned, restoring order back to everything. So when we um, consider that, the world has been corrupted by sin for its entire history, except for a brief time at the very beginning. But Jesus made a promise to those of us who believe, or those of us who are going to believe, in John 14, verse 3, he says, When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you'll always be with me where I am. Now, Jesus is coming back for the church. That is the rapture that we are expecting. <clears throat> the rapture has many elements, many elements of mystery, but there are also many things that Jesus made clear. And I spoke about this in part one. But Matthew 24, verse 44, he says, You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. So the most important factor that I want you to remember is that Jesus gave us was be ready when he returns. So that just means live righteously every day. Live under the blood of Jesus every day. Keep short accounts with sin in your life and say, God, I don't want to let this be part of who I am. I want you to deal with this Quickly, So that's the most important thing. Sometimes we can spend our time arguing over words and things and, and ideas um, when the rapture is going to happen uh, and have kind of debates and arguments even about all those things. But the most important thing that Jesus spent more time telling us about was just be ready. Live expecting. You know, there's a recklessness that comes into our lives. I'm talking to believers here. A recklessness can enter us when we think, hey, it's not going to happen today. It's, I've got a long time to get this right. I've got a long time to sort my life out. We've got to realise what Jesus said is live ready all the time. So what does be ready look like in these days? <clears throat> I'm glad you asked. Philippians 2.15. It says, so that no one can criticise you, live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shining like bright lights in a world, or stars in some version, in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Who knows we're living in a crooked and perverse world that's getting crookeder and more perverse. 
You know, we, we just see all through our society today, even at the highest levels, is, is a, a crooked and perverse mindset coming in to our lives or coming in to try and um, dominate our lives. Philippians 2 verse 16 says, Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I'll be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. This is Paul speaking to the church. And we don't want to have our lives lived in vain because we weren't ready on that day. We didn't live righteous, innocent lives. Hebrews 10.25, it says, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So when it comes to the rapture and uh, many elements of mystery, and you know, I, I know I've grown up probably from the 70s in and around church and saw people argue about uh, when the Lord's going to return. I had two friends once who had an argument about if Jesus was to return then, each of these guys are driving, start to argue, and, and, and one of the guys says, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be going ever because I know what you've been doing. And then that guy says, well, you wouldn't go either because I know this about you. And so they had a big argument and the guy driving stopped the car and kicked the other guy out and said, well, you can walk because you know, they had such a heated argument about the rapture and who's going to go and who's not going to go. And I think it's, that's not the intention that Jesus had for us when it comes to this, uh, this part of our understanding about the ways of God. <clears throat> but Paul reveals aspects to this event that we call the rapture, where Jesus returns for his people, the church. So it says when the fullness of salvation, that's when the fullness of salvation is complete. So we're not fully saved until we are taken up to be with, with Jesus. We are saved in this world, but there is more to expect. There's, there's, a, there's a fullness that comes when we are raptured to be with Jesus. And even, even uh, the dead in Christ says, we'll rise first. So they beat us. <clears throat> but the Bible has many references to this event of Jesus' return for his people. And we ought to remind ourselves of what we believe and expect is going to happen. And it says to talk about it, to, to encourage one another up until that day. Thessalonians 4.17 from Paul is some advice to us. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will, we will be with the Lord forever. <clears throat> I, th- I think this is, if we had to take the, the, the teachings of what Paul taught and, and apply these things to our circumstances and our understanding of what to expect from heaven, what to expect from Jesus. He's saying that, that we are going to be caught up with the Lord in the air. And to believe Jesus is Saviour is to believe he'll return for his people. And I think it's, it's such a sad thing that, that there's elements of the gospel, elements of the story of salvation, that, that sometimes in Christianity today is being sidestepped or, or even ignored because they think, well, that messes with our understanding. How could this be? But these are fundamentals of the, 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 the core 
of what we believe. And we ought to be hearing about it and learning about it. There, there is, today is not going to be a, a thing about, well, look at all the signs. We'll look at that later, uh, another day. First Thessalonians 5.10, <clears throat> it says, Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. <clears throat> and that's the goal of our, our faith. That's the goal of, of uh, being a believer. And I think it's, it's, it's quite interesting. Maybe it's like not interesting, it's kind of strange. But we take time, churches take time every year to celebrate Christmas. It's a great big deal in every church, really. Uh, every denomination would celebrate Christmas. And also we, we make a big deal about Easter. Um, and for good reason. We also, these days, we, there's a lot of churches do uh, big celebrations for, for Pentecost. But maybe we ought to celebrate the promise that Jesus will return for his people. Yeah. Maybe we need to do a, res, uh, what do you call it, a, a, a rapture, rapture Sunday or something. And, and we just we celebrate what's gonna, the, what we know is going to happen. Because Easter is, the, is a foretaste. Christmas is a foretaste. They, they are the promises that we can be saved. But we need to be more excited and more focused that, that uh, we can celebrate. And maybe that's what we do every single Sunday. We should be celebrating the fact that Jesus is coming back to to bring us into full salvation with the Father. Maybe we should think of that when we, when we come into church to worship and that gives us a reason to focus our attention. Jesus, you're coming back. I want to be ready for that. Today's a good day to reset our thoughts again on the reality of heaven and the return of Jesus. We've just reset our clocks. The worst day of my life is this day. <clears throat> But maybe we can say we're going to reset our, our attention on this, on this promise from Jesus that is right through every doctrine in the New Testament and, and every writer spoke about it in the New Testament that Jesus is returning for his church. The last word about this today goes to Peter as he explains God's intention to save people, to save us. 2 Peter 3, 9 and 10. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. Maybe, Kimberly, you can play something for me. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. That is, that he's going to return and he's going to rapture his people. He's not being slow about his promise, as some people think. He is being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But that day of the Lord will come. As unexpectedly as a thief. And so, dear friends, while you're waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. <clears throat> so the debate should never be, what's going to happen first? And I know when I went to Bible college, I kind of thought, I, I thought this is how the, the, the rapture is going to happen. And we'll be taken up out of it before any bad stuff happens. God will save us all. Now I'm not, I'm not really sure anymore. <clears throat> but you know, there are people who make their whole life mission is to argue with other Christians. And they call it uh, pre-millennial, mid-millennial, 
And what, oh, no, what's the last one? What's it? Post-millennial. Yeah, there you go. It's like, so they, they want to believe we're not going to go through any tribulation, are we? We're just going to still be eating ice cream all the way up until Jesus comes to collect us. Well, maybe that won't happen. Maybe the ice cream supply is going to run out before Jesus returns. And we're just going to have to live with that hardship. But I want to tell you something. I, I really see that as the world changes, life may become tough for a believer. Yes. <clears throat> no matter how tough it gets, if you're, if you're a believer in many parts of the world, life is already tough. Because of what it means to be a Christian. Yes. So if you talk to them, they'd be saying, hey, there was no pre-millennial rapture for us. Because they've already, they've already paid the penalty for being a believer. And maybe that's coming our way. Let's see. But what I want us to do is have a, con- a concept of our belief. An anchor in our life that says, no matter what happens, my, my salvation is sure. My, my desire for the things of God outweighs anything that may come my way. <clears throat> but today is our day to be prepared for that day. Prepare ourselves for the rapture of the church. And we can take steps of that. <coughs> giving, giving Jesus the, the place of kingship. I started by saying today, at the rapture day is like the, the completion of our salvation. It's the restoration of all things starts at that day and I think it's no coincidence that the word restore in its original form restoration in its original form means to return a monarch to his throne and that's what that resurrect uh, that, that, that day of rapture brings God back to his place in our lives where he's on the throne we actually living in communion communion with him it's the ultimate culmination of our salvation. Can we just stand on our feet? Because I want us to have a, a, a surety of this day. Just as in church, probably all of our lives, at least in Australia, we would, whether we knew God or not, or whether we understood Jesus or not, we would have variously celebrated Christmas. We would have celebrated Easter. I would say without a doubt, everyone here in this room, whether they grew up Christians or not, would have got an Easter egg. You would have got a Christmas present. We were celebrating things we didn't understand. But I want us to go to a new level in our relationship with Jesus through through this looking into end times and saying, Jesus, I want the foundation of my life to be not only that I believe that you've saved my my sins but you're coming back to fully restore my relationship with God and I want to live ready for that day and that can look like Jesus if you want me to serve you then I'll serve you Jesus if you want me to run I'll run if you want me to slow down I'll slow down if you want me to stand I'll stand if you want me to sit and wait I'll sit and wait But I want Jesus to be my focus of my 
of my attention in my life. Can I pray with you tonight? So Father, I just pray today that while we live in this earth, in the conditions that surround us today, that we see it as an opportunity to tell others to be ready for your return and live expecting it any day. Lord, I pray that we may be carriers of the good news. I pray that from today, we get a realisation of, of celebrating that you are returning for us. Lord, just as we celebrate Christmas and Easter and other church calendar days, I pray that every day of our life we say, Jesus, I'm going to celebrate because I know you're coming again. I know that you're going to take my body and rapture me into heavenly places in an instant, in a moment of time. And we just never know when that's going to be. So Father, I pray for every person here today that we may grasp an understanding of the urgency that you want us to live with and be ready in Jesus' name. Matthew 24, verse 44. Prepare for the Lord's return. Be ready all the time. For the Son of Man will come when least expected. So tonight has been very, very brief. I think, again, very cursory when it comes to this subject. But I really really want us to to grapple with that concept that Jesus is coming back for his people. That rapturous moment will come. We've got another, a few more studies that will look more deeply at other things that Jesus spoke about, about what to expect, about what to see, about who we are in the world in these times. And it's exciting. So um, we're going to have a time of prayer. Uh, Perhaps Ethan, if you want to come back and Kimberly and Ethan can sing for us. But if you have any prayer needs right now in this um, atmosphere, I want us to, you know, if you have any prayer need whatsoever, if you need healing in your body, if you have a, a financial concern or worry, whatever is going on in your life, Jesus wants to speak to you. Jesus wants to stand with you. He wants to uh, bring purpose back into areas of people's lives today. So if that's you, while we, while we sing, just take a few more moments. Jesus wants to minister to people today. I'm going to invite you to come forward. We've got the oil bottle over there. We can anoint you with oil. We can pray prayers of faith. All that that, um, changes for your miracles if you step forward and make an application to Jesus and he'll meet you at at your point of need. I really believe right now that someone you've got um, unexplained or unreasonable anxiety it's like you don't even know why. It's you know, just certain things in my life I'm paralyzed, I just can't do. And I'll be trapped by can't step forward. Jesus wants you to know today you can be set free. You don't need to be, you, you've been captive by a lie that causes you to fear something that's not going to happen. And you've been held bound, you've, you've been put in a cage, a small cage. Jesus says, I want to set you free. That anxiety didn't come from heaven. It's come from hell. And you can be set free from that today and start stepping into whole new areas of life and living and faith with confidence that Jesus is taking you forward.
I don't want to embarrass anyone here today if that was you. But take that word and say, Jesus, help today be a new day. I'm going to step into a new destiny. But if you have any other prayer needs, you're welcome to come right now as we worship. And let's pray for each other.